you asked me, I would, I would have easily uh, different answers, different days. I'm surprised by the kindness of people, by the hearts that people have uh, and how they share it. I'm, I'm constantly surprised by that because people don't have to be that way. On the flip side of that, I'm also constantly surprised about the evilness in people's uh, lives and the meanness and the, and the grossness and the, it just, it, it's not good. <laughs> and uh, so th- those things surprise me. But today I want to talk about being surprised by the hope of Christmas. Because as Christians, we, uh, one of our main jobs is to take that hope and to hold it out. So to help you remember what I'm talking about today, I want everybody to take your hands like this. And I want you to put them in front of you like this, like you've got something in them. And I want you to hold them out as far as you can for just a second. And today, if I, if I just say one thing, and here's the one thing it is. Your job as a Christian is to hold out the hope of Jesus. That's it. Yeah, hold it out. Doesn't mean you have to save people. Doesn't mean you have to, to go and, and take people and, and get them uh, converted. That, that's not your job. Your job is to hold out the hope. Say that with me. Hold out the hope. One more time. What's your job? That's it. Hold out the hope. There is, there is such a, a, um, a good thing about Christmas because it reminds us that there is hope. And it reminds us that there was, there was one who was hope. And so when we come to Christmas, we kind of get surprised as Christians when some guy stands up here and says, are you holding out the hope? Because that's our job. <laughs> that's, that's the main thing. That's the main thing is to hold out the hope that we have. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And what does that mean? And how does that, how does that work? Uh, you know, if you, if you had a football team or if you had a basketball team and you never practiced and you never threw the ball, you never, you never exercised, would you say that you're much of a basketball player or much of a or a worker, if you went to work and you just sat there all day, would you be considered a worker? And one of our jobs, one of our main things of being a follower of Jesus is just to hold out the hope. And so I want to challenge you a little bit today, and I want to get under your skin just a smidge, and I want to, I want to encourage you to hold out the hope. Let's talk about that, that, that today. There's a scripture I'm going to share with you. It's First Peter um, 3.15 says this, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Okay, let's, let's talk about what does that mean. I think it's a little surprising when we, we get so caught up in the world, when we come to church and some guy stands up and says, hold out the hope. Well, you know, I'm being nice, I'm being kind, that's good. But you have to have something in here to hold out to here. If it's not in here, there's nothing to hold out here. And so you've you got to have something inside here to do that. First Peter 3 is for a lot of you today. And I sadly want to say this. I, I preach 43, 44 times a year. Bob preaches four or five. Somebody else preaches. And, and, and I believe this is probably the sermon, the lesson that I'm going to teach that most of you are going to ignore. <laughs> You're just going to ignore because you, you, that's not me. I, I don't have that gift. I don't know how to 
share out the whole the hope. I, and and, and I, I'm not talking about going and knocking on doors. I'm not talking anything like that. I'm talking about how do you know that the hope that you've been given, you take and you give it to somebody else and you hold it out and say, here it is. Here's the hope that I've been given. Now, here's for you. You choose. You choose. And so there's no guilt today. I, I'm going to end up, I'm sounding like I'm, I'm coming after you, but I'm not because I've got some good news for some of you. And so I want you to, to kind of follow along. There's, there's a couple truths that are, are tools that I want you to take home today. The first, the first one this is that we can see out of, this, out of this scripture is this. Our hope has to be laser focused. If you've got a hope, it has to be laser focused. What I mean by that? Well, First Peter says this, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Set apart him as Lord. As always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And see, that's why Jesus showed up, to give us hope when we needed it. We need this hope. Our world needs this hope that Jesus has. The first thing you've got to notice that what Peter says is he says it's yours to share. It's yours to, to give to somebody else. And that weirds us all out. It really does. I, I, it's just one of the weirdest things because I, wow, we don't want to be a Bible thumper. <laughs> we don't want to be that weird Christian who, who pushes our beliefs on people that, that comes into somebody and is always trying to save them. And it gets a little hinky in, our, in our, the way that we approach the, this, this world, this season, because so it, it's so easy to take this season, this Christmas season, and just turn it into something it's not, to turn it into giving gifts, to turn it into crossing things off your list, to give it into to things that you've got to do. And then the main reason for it all anyway is... The hope. Well, what is the story? The story is very simple, and it's a simple one. There was a creation. God created the world. <laughs> Man gave in. He sinned. Man sinned. God had to have a plan to make man right again. So what did he do? He sent his son. The whole Old Testament's about that. The son shows up. The son comes. He is born in a little manger. That's what we're all getting ready to talk about. He's born in this manger, and then he lives for 33 years, and then he gets put on a cross. <laughs> That's a weird part. He gets put on a cross, and then he gets put in a grave, and then he comes out of the grave, and then he walks around and tells everybody, I'm going to heaven to prepare a place for you. Are you will you come with me? And then he goes to heaven. And now he's waiting, he's waiting for us to take that story, that hope that was given to us. It was a choice. You chose it. You said, I want that. And he gave it to us to hold out to somebody else. And that's the whole story. That's the hope that you have, that, that you're going to one day live in heaven with him forever. But that's not all the hope. The hope is also for you today. Those of you that have, that have those of you, those of you that have a, 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 I sound like a Guido. Those of you that have lives today that, that are really cruddy, Jesus says to you, you don't have to have a cruddy life. Now, cruddy things happen, Patty said, you know, your spouse dies. Uh, cruddy things, horrible things happen. 
But God goes with you through those horrible things. That's the hope. Hold it out. Anybody say yes? You don't say amen. That's, you know, know, what's amen mean? It's yes, 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 yes. I know at this Christmas season, if you're a Christian and you have half an eye, you look around at this world and you go, it's nuts. And you look around at the, and you read the signs in the Bible, and the Bible talks about, you know, he's up in heaven and he's preparing a place. It seems like it's getting ready to happen. It seems like the times are getting together. If you, if you read all the things that are going on in the Bible and all the truths that are coming to happen today, you go, time is, is not long. Time is not long. And I, I, like Wade said today, I don't want to be a bummer. I don't want to be a bummer during Christmas, but I also want to be a realist and say, you know what? We got hope. And if we're, if we're not doing something with it, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's kind of easy to be surprised as a Christian, to be reminded, to come to church this morning and you're wanting that story of, you know, the, the little baby in the manger and all that. And that's good. <laughs> But because that baby was in the manger, you have a hope and it's yours to do something with. Everybody in this world has hope of some kind, but it's not based on the hope that Jesus came to bring. The problem with the world's hope is that there's so many bases and foundations for what the world says is hope. Your hope is in your 401k, heck to the no. Anybody looked at that lately? It's not much count. You know, your hope is in your health. Anybody gotten older here and and your health starts to go, you know, you can't, it it can't be in anything but Jesus. Everybody has hope, but it has to be in Jesus. It has to be in Jesus. But as for Christians, our hope is very different. And on the screen here, I think I put this, Hope, here, here's what a Christian's hope is, I think. Did I not put that? Yes, I did. Hope is an optimistic outlook based on a powerful promise. A powerful promise from someone who said, this is, is what's going to happen. So our hope is, is this optimistic thing that it isn't happening right now. Bad things are happening. Bad things are happening all around me. But my hope is not based on how I feel right this second. My hope is based on these optimistic promises that were given to me by a a God who is perfect and looks at me and says, I got your best interest in mind. Every time. I'm a dad. I'm a dad to three girls and a bunch of grandkids, four of them now. And I try to look at them, and I look at them every day, and I want, I want to look at what's best for them. But even in my, my love for them, I'm still messed up because I was messed, I'm a messed up person. So I don't always look at them in, in the best light. I don't always have their best interest in line. But Jesus always has my best interest. He always has your best interest. There's never a time when he doesn't have your best interest. And so I want to trust that. I want to trust that hope, that optimistic promise, even though right now I feel like I've been dumped on. 
I feel like that guy in, in the, uh, um, the, uh, the Back to the Future guy where he backs up with that load of manure and just it comes on top of him. That's what some of us feel like. And we go, is, is there anything else that can happen to me today? Is there anything else? And to the question to that is, yes, there is. Because this isn't heaven. This isn't heaven. And so you better make sure where your hope lies. See, there are a lot of reasons why you can have hope. But Peter says, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Where? In your heart. Remember, I've told you and I've told you and I've told you. Your heart is deceitful and it will, it will run with you. Do not trust your heart unless Jesus is the Lord of your heart. Do not trust your heart. Your heart will take you so many places. But if Jesus is Lord of your heart, if he is boss of your heart, you can trust him. You can't trust your heart without Jesus being the Lord of your heart. But you can trust him if he is that Lord. So the, the point comes to this, and here's where the rubber hits the road, having said all that. Before we share the hope, you got to have the hope. And so I ask you today, how's the hope in your heart? How's the hope in your heart? You see, a lot of us in the Christian world Jesus is our hope, but he's the hope right down there in a pool of a whole lot of other things, you know? I love my husband, and I think he's going to be the one. He's going to take me where I need to go, and he doesn't. He's a nice guy, but he doesn't. He's not Jesus. Or, or my kids. I'll have kids, and, and if all I do, I get kids, and we get the kids, and we go, what do we do with them? And so there, there's so much, there's so much that, that we take our hope and we base it on anything else but Jesus. We've got to admit that, that Jesus can't be the only hope or the hope in the middle of all these other hopes. He has to be the hope, the hope. Especially at Christmas, we've got to focus and say, Jesus, I want to make sure that I'm going to set you on the pedestal where you deserve to be above all others. Above all my other choices, above all my other dumb decisions, above every stupid thing that I do say and do, I need you to be on top. I need you to be on top. Everything else will let you down. Everything will let you down. Have you found that yet? Shake your head like this if you have. Yeah, everything will let you down. Everything will let you down. It's so important to understand that oh, there's only one that won't. He's got your best interest in mind in everything. And so you got to keep your hope sharply focused and say, is he number one or is he down here in this, this cesspool of these other things that aren't great? And then when I need him, I go, well, why aren't you doing something down there, Jesus, in that cesspool of stuff? I need you to do something because I, I got this big thing going on. Where are you? Well, he's not where he was, not where he needed to be. Number two, our hope has to be, not all of them are this long, so we're not going to be here all day. 
Our hope has to be shared and it can't be hoarded. Your hope can't be hoarded. Peter says this, always be prepared. I think I got it on the screen. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you. Be prepared to give that answer. It's got to be shared. It's got to be something that just comes out. I can put aside my agenda. I can put aside the things that are going on in my life, and I can just listen to some people's hurts. When's the last time you just listened to people who are hurting? Most of us, you know what our conversations are? The conversation goes like this. How you doing? I'm okay. How you doing? I'm all right. Well, really, how you doing? Well, you know, I'm really bad. And then we tune them out. Uh, Thanks, because I got a million things going on too. So see ya. See, that's, that's how you hold out the hope with listening. People need somebody to listen to them. People need somebody to say, just tell me how it is. We all like to be listened to, but few of us like to be talked at. Isn't that true? Yeah. Oftentimes we just talk to people. We talk them at the gas pump. How you doing? I'm horrible. This stupid rain and this gas is so high and that dumb president and this dumb thing and that dumb, you know, and it just becomes this, this gritch fest where we just sit there and gripe and gripe and gripe. We're not, what? We're not holding out the hope. What kind of hope is that? What kind of hope are you putting on your social media? When you criticize, when you're critical of this or that. Here, here's, here's the hope. This guy's not who he's supposed to be. This guy's not who he's supposed to be. Okay. That hurts. That stings. The question is posed to us each day. Why do you serve Jesus? I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to just close your eyes for just a minute. We got plenty. It's only 1044. Close your eyes. Close your eyes for just a minute. Close your eyes. Why do you serve Jesus? I want you to come up. Don't think what I Nobody's going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you what you Why do you serve Jesus? If you don't have an answer for that, if you don't have a, a concise, this is why, then you got an issue. Why? Do you serve Jesus? Why do you give him your time? Why do you give him your money? Why do you give him your, your brain space? Why do you read the Bible? Why do you, or not read? Do, why do you serve him? Think about that for a second. Were you a little surprised? Was it hard? God's speaking to some of you today and he's saying, come back. Come back. Come back here. You've got all rained out. You're, you're like a junkyard dog. You're out there barking at the world and going, roof, 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 all everywhere you go. And people don't want to hear, roof, 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 roof. All they want to hear is the hope. You say, no, they don't want to hear. Yes, they do. They do. They just don't know it. They just don't know it. I know right now they hate the hope. I know they hate the one that's... I understand that we live in a culture that, that is looking down on anybody that believes anything that's in that book. I got it. I got it. But I also know that the one who, who made us said, all I need you to do is hold out the hope. 
hold out the hope. I, didn't, I don't need you to convert people. I don't need you to knock on their doors. I don't need you to get in the five fingers thing. Here's the five things you need to do. To, it says hold out the hope. Hold out the hope. Number three, but I'm scared. I don't want to do that. God will give you his confidence. That's number three. God will give you his confidence. Paul says, look at Noah. He, he, he says, says oh, no, I, I skipped one. Our hope has to be shared naturally. I, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself because this one's really short. He, he gives it very little space at the end of 1 Peter 3.15, but here's what he says, I think. He says, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. It's got to be natural. It can't be a program. It can't be a, a, you know, this, this time where today I'm going to share my hope. That does nobody any good. It has to be gentle. It has to be natural. I'm going there to save them because they're going to die. Well, you should have done it a long time ago. You should have shared the hope. And it's their choice to accept it. Or it's their choice not to accept it. See, i got to put aside my agenda and say, <laughs> God, what do you want to do with these people? Because it's your job. It's not mine. Let, let me prove it to you. So then he, he quotes this passage, and I go all the way back to 1 Peter 3, 19. And, and here's the, what I skipped ahead and said. God will give you his confidence. He'll give you his confidence to do what he needs you to do, to hold out the hope. 1 Peter 3.19 says this, and I think I put that there. In, uh, he's talking about the days of Noah, and he goes on this. He said, In which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, that's Peter, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience, here we go, we're talking about Noah, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah. What's that mean? 120 years God held out. 120 years he held out, and he waited for Noah to preach and to teach and to build a boat. His patience held out while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Eight persons, 120 years. Every day Noah got up and he held out the hope. Think about this. Noah lived in his backyard for 120 days with a, uh, the world's biggest pet in zoo. All these giraffes running around. He had to share the reason why. What are all those things doing out there? Well, let me tell you. There's a big flood coming. What? There's no water anywhere close to here. Eight people are going to end up being on that ship for 120 years' work. Been doing a, I've been doing a thing. Adam and I are getting ready to do a video compilation of the last 20 years of our church. We're going to be 20 years old in January. And I'm going over all the baptisms and going over all my, the pictures and stuff. And there's, I think we've baptized somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 people, 300, 400 people, and then had a bunch of salvations on top of that. Uh, I mean, when I say that, a lot of people, a lot of people for a church like ours. A church our size, I'll say that. And... Uh, it's been amazing to see what God has done uh, in 20 years, in 20 years. Some days it doesn't feel like he's doing anything. And some days it go, wow, it's incredible. And the days that I feel like he doesn't do anything, it's, it's my problem. It's not his problem because he's been doing stuff all along. 
God's been doing some incredible things, incredible miracles, marriages saved, people healed. I mean, I can talk about it time after time after time. But Noah, 120 years, he's out there holding out the hope. There's a flood coming. Yep, what are you doing today? There's a flood coming. Yep, what are you doing? There's a flood coming. 120 years. 120 years. Nobody got saved except his family. Where are you going with this, Jeff? Here's where I'm going. If Noah had God with him, so do you. He took a lot of insults. He took a lot of ribbon. No, what, what are you doing? I'm doing what God told me to do. But it doesn't match up with what everybody believes. You know, there's this and there's that and there's, there's they and them and him and she and me and uh, what? And, and, no, it doesn't matter. It just, I'm just doing what God told me to do. Because God says this. Here's what God says. There's a man. There's a woman. If God was with him, so do we. Because at that point, he heard God, but we got God living inside of us. Those of us who are Christ's followers, he's living inside your heart. The second thing I want you to understand about Noah is, is that if Noah didn't have to produce, he didn't have to build a big church off of that ark. You know, you know today we would say, well, they'd have a Joel Steen type church over there. It'd be 72,000 people in a big, you know, right? Here's the ark and here's 72,000 people right on the side of it with a great big, you know, cathedral and everything. Built. There's a flood coming. There's a flood coming. And everybody every night, you know, doing this. and It's like, That's not what Noah did. He was in the grime and the grit. He was, he was there in, every morning doing what he did. People laughing at him, probably taking his equipment, probably, probably you know, stealing things, take, taking the animals and God. The next, whoops, the next morning they wake up and there's those, some more animals, the same ones there. Now, where'd they come from? I don't know. Noah went through a lot and he didn't have to produce any re- results And so I want you to remember today as Christians, it's not your job to produce. I'm taking the pressure off of you. But I'm also going to put the pressure on you to understand your your job is to hold out the hope. It is not to have the numbers come in. And I think that's where pastors get it wrong. I think that's where churches get it wrong. And I don't want you to get it wrong. Your job is not to go out and convert lots of people. You pray, you hold out the hope, and you pray some more. And you say, God, I'm doing what you're doing. I want to do what you want to do here. Let's go. I hold out the hope. And lastly, if Noah can handle the insults and the persecutions, so can we. Do you know any people today who are hopeless? Boy, I sure do. People who are going uh, are, 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 are not very receptive today to the hope that we're holding out. But I believe there's, there's people, there's pockets of people that are able to say, here's who Jesus is in my life, and I'll show you with my life. And so my life matches up to the hope that I'm saying. I don't, I don't always have the same things that everybody else has going on. I'm not pushing the agendas that everybody else is. I'm not coming into your house and open up in a Bible and saying, here's the gospel. 
I can do that, and there's nothing wrong with that, and it's probably good to do some more of that. But you can't do that until you hold out the hope of your life. Your life has to match up with the Word of God. That's why Christmas is such a let, letdown, I think, for so many people. Because there's, there's hope, and it's let them down. I think that's why so many people are mad. I think they're mad at the church. I think they're mad at God. Because the God of Christmas, the God of creation has seemingly in people's lives let them down because the people, God's people that have the hope haven't come along and done what they were supposed to do. And they've allowed, they've allowed this, this chasm to, to be between us and them. And now there's this, there's this huge gap between us. We don't agree on hardly anything with the world anymore. And, and so we all can tell what we're against. But I wonder what you could say to somebody that you're for. And it has to be Jesus. It has to be, I'm for Jesus. I'm for his love, for his forgiveness, his mercy. I'm for those things first. There's a lot of other things that come along with that. But that's not your job. That's his job. That is his job. Is Christ really set apart in your heart today? I know that a lot of you are, are, you know, maybe you were challenged by this a little bit. But I pray that God will, will move you to do something with this. Because the Bible says if, if you hear it and you don't do anything, it's like going to a mirror and, and you look and your hair's all messed up and you go, fine, I'm going out for the day. And today we've all kind of looked in the mirror a little bit and, and we're a little hinky about this holding out the hope thing because it seems weird. And it is. I, I understand. But do it with gentleness and respect. And let your life match up with the things that you say you're about. And if your life doesn't match up with the things you say you're about, you've not got much cred. Ah, Jesus, my God's about love, and you don't love. (laughs) You don't love people. My God's about forgiveness, and you don't forgive people. (laughs) You you hurt me, sucker, I'm gonna hurt you, and you 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 gotta you gotta come get down on your knees and No, what what the world is that? That's not Christianity. See, Christianity is following Jesus and holding out that hope of creation holding out the hope that there was sin that was brought into the, the, the world. And there needed to be a, 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 an issue to, to get those man and God back together. And so what happened? His son Jesus, he sent. He sent him through the Israelites, and he came through the whole Testament. And he came in the form of that little baby. And he lived for 33 years. And for 33 years, he came and he teached and he, he taught what, what God, his, his, his dad asked him to do. And then he was put on the cross. And that cross is the best news of all for us today because without that cross, none of us are worthy. None of us got anything to brag about because all we deserve without that cross is hell. Ooh, that's harsh, Jeff. It's in the Word. Let's pray. We're going to 
end a little differently today. Jesus, I thank you that the grains of sand are quickly vanishing. And I look around and I see the signs that you're coming again. And this Christmas, help us not to be surprised by that. Help us to <laughs> help us to get on board. God, help us to take up that, that mantle that you've given us, that mantle of holding out the hope. None of us know how much time we have left. None of us do. But we can agree on this. We can agree that you've got a plan and a purpose, and it's in motion. And God, we want to be where you want us to be. We want to do what you want us to do. We want to go where you want us to go. I pray today during our ministry time as we celebrate the hope that we have. God, may you challenge our hearts to hold out that hope. We love you and we praise your name. Amen. The ministry time today as the lights go out is we're going to watch this song. And it's a song that it's a Matthew West song. And I really like it. It doesn't, it's just about the hope of Christmas. And I want to challenge you to hold that hope out. I want to challenge you to hold that hope out and start caring about people in your sphere who today have no relationship with God. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here and you're going, I, I didn't even know I didn't have one. There's some people in the back that will be glad to pray with you. They'll, they'll, they'll be glad to pray. If you're here today and you go, I, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. Go back there. If you want to talk after the service, grab on to me. I'll be out in the front there. I'll be glad to talk to you. I believe God wants to do something in your life today. Let's close with this song. I'll come back up and close this out. Take me back to eight years old the little church on a dead-end road With a candle flicker in one hand And Dad's hand in the other Take me back to silent night My heart was full and the world was right Cause right now the world looks nothing like Those innocent Decembers These days peace on earth is hard to find and I need you to remind me one more time You're still the hope of Christmas You're still the light when the world looks dark You're still the hope of Christmas And you're still the hope of my heart Watch the snowflakes falling down Like a blanket on this town For a moment we can hardly see The pain this year has brought us May the sick find healing's touch May hatred's fight be one with love And may every heart make room for you The one who came to save us Cause you're still the hope of Christmas 
Took me back to eight years old. My daddy's hand and a story told about heaven's love in a manger low, and a promise that's still true. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the light when the world looks dark. You're still the hope of Christmas. And you're still the hope of my heart. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the light when the world looks dark. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the hope of my heart. Love that song. You're, you're still the hope of Christmas. Our job is to hold out the hope. Hold it out. I challenge you today to see what that looks like in your life. I, it'll look different than mine. Your, your journey will. It'll look a lot different. Hold out the hope. Bring your life under God and see what He does. And then he'll, he'll take you where you need to go. He'll lead you where you need to be. That's the way God is. We're so glad you've been here today. If you're a guest with us, please sign a, a connection card. We're going to have our a quick um, ICC news. And then uh, you're free to mingle around, say hello to somebody, and then uh, go home. Join us the next three or four weeks. It's going to be all about Jesus and all about Christmas and different ways of doing that. We're going to have picture day, Christmas sweater day. We're having the, the Christmas bazaar. We're going to have a candlelight Christmas on candlelight on Christmas day. It's going to be a really, really neat uh, season and uh, leading us into our next 20 years, seeing what God does. Here's the news. My name is Abby Lucas, and I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ICC. Yeah, yeah. There is no youth group uh, tonight or next week, so please do not move the chairs after service. And the youth group's uh, Christmas parties are going to be December 11th, so please stay tuned for more details. If you sold pizzas for the upcoming missions trips, please make sure you get your money uh, back to Brenda today. If you are in the 55 and plus group, the Christmas lights tour has been moved to Thursday, December 18th from 530 to 830.
Pastor Jeff is in seek of someone who has really great handwriting to help with a new chalkboard messaging board. If that is you, please go see Pastor Jeff. Please keep asking your friends to come to church this month as we are going to be having some extra special things happening in the month of December. Don't forget to make a change that our December 25th service and our January 1st service are both going to start at 11 a.m. After service today, please make sure you stop by our angel tree to help a local family in need for Christmas. Well, ICC, that is all the news I have for you. I hope you have a blessed and awesome week, and we'll see you next week. Peace out, Girl Scout.